Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. God's just purpose to stir us up on the subject of prayer. And prayer is nothing more than communication with God, just talking with Him, having fellowship with Him. But you know, that song that we sang, we go from glory to glory. We go higher and higher. God desires for us to go from one experience to the next. And the glory that it's speaking of is the manifested presence of God. So in other words, what God's saying is that I want you to experience me. And taste and see that the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. But once you've experienced that, come on, let's go a little bit deeper. Let's go a little bit higher because I want you to experience more of who I am. And the Bible says that concerning the glory of God, it says that we will experience another side of His glory every single day for eternity. So in other words, God cannot be exhausted in all the vastness and the greatness of who He is. And God wants us to begin to grow in that right now amen so if you will turn in your bibles to luke chapter 19 again we're going to continue talking about this subject of prayer and we're going to get specific tonight in a particular area but in luke chapter 19 starting in verse 41 this is speaking of jesus or jesus is speaking here and it says Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace. So in other words, he says, I desire that you have peace. Today's your day. And had you truly known, you would experience this peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. So in other words, they're a mystery. You're not able to experience it. You're not able to see it. But then in verse 43 it says, For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not, ha- they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Because you did not know the time of your visitation. So see, Jesus is saying... I've come, I've showed up, but because you were spiritually unaware, you did not know the visitation or the encounter that was coming to be before you right now. And as a result of that, difficult times are coming. There were some things that I wanted you to see, but they're hidden from your eyes. There's some things that I wanted you to know concerning the visitation of who I am in your midst. And it would have brought about peace in your life. But because you didn't know, you're going to experience hardships. God wants us to experience or have visitations with Him. Not being hidden from Him, but that will lead us into a place of peace. But now notice what He says here right after That particular verse. Verse 45, it says, Then he went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. 
Where was he at? He came to the temple. He came to the place of gathering where the presence of God was. He said, and this place is to be a place of prayer. But because you didn't make it a place of prayer, he says, you missed the visitation. Well, not only is the church building the place of meeting, but the Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God wants us to be prayers and be in direct communication with Him. And upon doing so, He says we will have visitations that will produce peace in our life. Amen. How many of you know that all hell can be breaking loose, but if you know Jesus is right by your side, (laughs) I got peace. Amen. I mean, it could seem like the roof's crashing down, but Jesus, you're right here. Come on. Glad He's with me. Right? Think about Paul. Remember, he was on the, on the ship. The storm was raging. And they're like, man, we're dying. And he says, listen, guys. He says, an angel of the Lord came and talked to me last night. And he says, everybody's going to be okay. Nobody's going to lose their life. It still went on for 11 days. The ship crashed. It wrecked. But nobody lost their life. It was as Paul said. Amen. Even in the midst of difficult times, I've got peace because I had a visitation from God because my line of communication is open with Him. And the way that we have that line of communication is through the help and the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Are you ready to go higher tonight? Are you ready to go further and deeper and grow hungry for the things of God? Because He wants us to experience that this year. Having days of visitations, having peace in our life, having divine encounters with Him. Amen. And I don't say that to be spooky, kooky, or weird. Not that we are looking for signs, but God wants to visit us. Amen. Amen. So, with that being said, I want to talk directly concerning this particular topic of prayer. But more directly, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, what I mean by that, it's labeled different things, different ways. We could call the baptism of the Holy Spirit, praying in other tongues, praying in a spirit language. Again, uh, 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 being filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, we've got all different kinds of terminologies for it. But once again, this is something that we're going to begin to dive into tonight, or begin to anyways. But with that being said, we've got to begin to look at some of the different thinkings as to how people view this. And if you didn't realize it, much of Christendom Christendom and, and, and the mainstream denominational churches, this is one of those pivotal things that becomes an issue of what side you, you, you're on. And my question is, is why is it such a dividing factor for us? Could it be that it's a dividing factor because the enemy knows there is a significance and an importance of it that is needed as a believer? Therefore, if we can bring division and schism over this particular area where ones believe and others don't, then we've got a big mess going on and the devil likes mess, right? So what are some of the different extremes or some of the different ideals or beliefs along this line? Well, one, there's a group that would say, If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of praying in other tongues or praying in a spirit language, they would get in the ditch on one side and they would say, if you're not doing that, you're not going to heaven. You ever heard that before? 
I don't know if you've ever been around some of those individuals that believe that way, but they'd say, if you're not filled and if you're not speaking in tongues, you're not going to heaven. Well, again, that's in the ditch. The Bible never alludes to that, never gives us any kind of hint or inclination that that is so. But still, people believe that. There are those that believe that concerning this ability to pray with a spirit language, that it's a vital part of their life, that it's something that uh, uh, helps them and that it empowers them, and it's something that they, they lean on as just being a believer. There are those that would be filled, but because they don't understand or know the significance of it, they've got it. They have the ability to pray that way, but they very seldom do because they just don't understand what's available or what it's for. Then there's a group of individuals that would say, well, I believe that God still does it today. But it's according to God's sovereignty as to whoever he wills to give it to, he gives it to. And, and for that matter, if he wants to give it to me, well, I'll take it, I guess, if he wants to give it to me. But here's the thing with that line of thinking. When we put it over into the sovereignty of God being it's his will, then we can't truly begin to exercise faith upon it or for it, rather, because we don't know if God truly wants us to have it. But once again, when we look at the scripture, the Bible says it's by faith that we receive. How many of you know that God's a gentleman? He doesn't force anything on you. He's not going to make you do anything. He's not going to make you swing from the chandeliers, fall down on the ground. That's not God, right? And so therefore, it's a matter of belief or believing it's available or that it's for you or that it's doctrinally sound. And then we've got to give place to or yield to it. Amen. Now you say, well, what do you mean yield? Just simply surrender. Say, God, I want it. Fill me. And then begin to lean into that. Now, for that matter, we could say it this way. When it comes to receiving from God or not receiving from God, there's oftentimes three things that become or are a hindrance to us. Number one, we could say there's sin. Sin always gets in the way. Well, in the life of a believer, you could simply say it this way, broken fellowship gets in the way from receiving from God, right? Number two, doubt and unbelief. Well, if you're not believing or you're doubting whether or not God wants you to have it or wants you to be filled, again, you're not going to be able to receive. But for that matter, most people say, God, if I've got something in my life, I want to get right with you. And obviously, if you're contemplating or desiring to be filled with the Holy Spirit, obviously your heart is sincere and tender towards God and you're wanting to grow. The second part is, is God, if I've got unbelief in my heart, if I'm doubting, help my unbelief. So that leaves number three. Number three is ignorance or simply the lack of knowledge. I have lack of knowledge concerning this issue. Therefore, if I have lack of knowledge, then I truly can't begin to yield or surrender because I just don't know how. Amen? All right. So there's those that would say, well, I, I just, I believe that God still does it, but it's just according to his will. And then there's another group of individuals that say, well, you know what? I don't believe that God does that anymore. In fact, we believe that it went away with the apostles and that God don't do that anymore. In fact, there's some line of thinking or using scripture that says, when Paul says, I put away childish things and I, I once was a child, but now I'm, I'm no longer a child. But then right in that same verse, it says that in that, 
wisdom has been done away with. Well, if you just use Scripture to define Scripture, you'll begin to find out, well, number one, God is never uh, one to go or to go in the, the, the reverse direction. He's always progressive, right? He's always moving forward. So to say, well, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I had a, a supernatural prayer language, but all of a sudden God took it away because all of a sudden I grew up, got matured. Well, that just don't make sense from a common sense perspective but right right along with that it says that wisdom has been done away with how many of you know that wisdom has not been done away with in this day and age in fact wisdom is progressing so fast that we can't keep up with it so just again using scripture to define scripture it deflates that line of thinking does that make sense and then as i said there's some that get in the ditch on one side then there's others that get in the ditch on the other side and says well that Praying in tongue stuff is of the devil. If you're doing that, then you're possessed or something, right? And so again, there's all kinds of spectrums from one ditch to the next and everything in between. And there's got to be a balance. There's got to be a happy medium. There's got to be a truth to the subject matter for us to be balanced, right? And so once again, let's look at the scripture to help us understand some things. So Luke chapter 11, let's flip back a couple chapters. You were there on Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 9, Jesus is speaking here. He says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he, will he offer or will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? To those who ask. Now that's a very profound statement right there. In the midst of Jesus telling. If you ask of God. He'll give it to you. But then he gets real specific. In what he's talking about. What you're asking for. He says if you ask for the Holy Spirit. He will give them to you. Alright. Now. Jesus is speaking about the person of the Holy Spirit before he ever went to the cross. The experience of the Holy Spirit or the the Holy Spirit given to the church wasn't until after the death, burial, and the resurrection. Right? So why is Jesus saying, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, God will give them to you? Because I don't care what denominational or mainstream denominational background you're from... We hinge this belief or our doctrine upon one truth. And that is found over in Romans chapter 10. Paul said this. He says, the word is near you, even in your mouth. The word of faith in which we preach. He said, if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. Right? It's what we call the Romans road. So in other words... Jesus said, the way that you're born again is to confess Jesus as Lord. And upon doing so, you receive Christ into your heart, right? And every red-blooded American would say, if I've received Christ 
if I've received salvation, the Holy Spirit has come in me. Am I talking truth? Is that true? Nobody in mainstream Christendom would say, well, if I'm born again, if I've received Christ, if I've received salvation, well, I didn't get the Holy Spirit. No, everyone would say, the Holy Spirit came and lives on the inside of me because I received Christ. Amen? Right? We track him. Okay. In that verse, in Romans chapter 10, nowhere does it say, or does Paul say, now that you've received salvation, pray for the Holy Spirit. Why? Because when you receive salvation, the Holy Spirit came in you. So then it begs the question, why did Jesus say in Luke chapter 11, ask or if you ask for the Holy Spirit, God will give him to you. It only lends itself to say that there are two experiences of receiving the Holy Spirit. One upon being born again where the Holy Spirit comes within. And then there's this other experience or this ability to partake of the Holy Spirit. And that leads us to Acts chapter 1. Turn there if you want to. Acts chapter 1. Are you doing all right tonight? So Acts chapter 1, in verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. So Jesus is reiterating, I've already talked to you about this. I've already told you there is a promise of the Holy Spirit coming. And this is what I'm talking to you about again. You've heard it from me and I'm talking to you again. Verse 5, for John truly baptizes with water, but you shall uh, be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together and asked him, saying, Lord... Will you at that time restore your kingdom, uh, the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know. But then we drop down in verse 8. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. So he said, listen, you just received salvation just not too long ago. In fact, if you recall, the Bible says that when they were born again, the Bible says that Jesus breathed on them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you remember that in the Gospels? So if they received the Holy Spirit and Jesus is saying, now go wait for the Holy Spirit, I thought they already got it. Again, there's two different experiences or visitations, if you will, or encounters of the Holy Spirit. Are you tracking He says, he'll come. He'll come. And upon coming, you can receive him. And he's going to come upon you. So there's two differences. There's the Holy Spirit within. And there's the Holy Spirit upon. Now, the interesting thing is, is that when Jesus was first talking to them, there was 500 of them. But there was only 120 that went into the upper room. So in other words, only 25% of them actually listened or said, I want that Holy Spirit thing. Only 25% actually said, I'll go. And when they went, they received. Well, it looks like the picture of the modern day church today, isn't it? (laughs) 
I don't know about that stuff. I don't know if I want that. I don't know if it's real. Well, I just kind of stay away from it, right? And so we see that there's two different, distinct experiences in the Word of God. Now, I'm not making this up, am I? You're seeing it for yourself. Scripture defining Scripture. Okay, so then it begs the question, what is it that benefits us as believers? Why would I want this? What would it do to help me? Other than making me look like some weirdo talking funny. People pointing at me and saying, you're one of them. No, the Bible never said to be some weirdo. Go being goofy and making a fool of yourself. No, it's not what God said. So what's the benefits? How does this help me? Why would I want this? Well, first of all, as we see there in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And through this power of the Holy Spirit, he'll empower you to be witnesses. Now, that word power is very distinctive in how it is articulated. Because in the Greek, the word power is actually dunamis, which means dynamic, explosive, or dynamo. It's where we get our English words from dynamite, or dynamo meaning generator. All right? So he says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to have explosive, dynamic power that comes upon you. What, to be a weirdo? To be a fanatic? Woo! No, that's not what God said. But the interesting thing about that word, dunamis power, is the exact same word that's used in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, dunamis, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. How many of you think Jesus did some pretty amazing things? I mean, walking on water, making eyeballs appear, uh, healing people that couldn't walk, raising people from the dead. I mean, that was some dunamis, dynamic, explosive power. But the Bible says when you're filled with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that same power that was on Jesus comes on you. And it says that this power is to help you be a witness. So most of us are like, Jesus, give me the strength to just tell somebody about Jesus. And I've only been working with him for the last 15 years. Well, I almost mustered up the strength today, but I'll do it tomorrow. It's not the kind of power that we're talking about. The Bible says in Isaiah 10, 27, the anointing that Jesus was anointed with or that power destroys the yoke and removes the burden. So when that power or anointing is upon you, God wants to use you to destroy the yokes and remove the burdens in people's lives. It's not by chance that you work where you work, have families that you have. You might say, I've got the most screwed up family that you could ever imagine. I've never told you about it, but man, we're a one messed up bunch. Well, why do you think God put you in that family? So that you could be anointed to destroy the yoke and remove the burden and destroy the curse that's on that home. And that family. Amen. 
Well, I wish I was born somewhere else. Don't we all have a sad story to tell? Sure. Well, if the circumstances would be different. Listen, I've, I've complained to God a number of times about certain stuff. God, you know, you could have done something different here. He knew what he was doing. Right? So what does that mean? That means that I ought to expect God to use me to be a witness to set people free. And I, I'm not talking about being weird. You've got to understand that. When somebody sees you and you say, man, can I pray for you? And we see God do something significant. In fact, I've got a friend that I went to high school with. He's a Baptist pastor. I love this. And I only say that because, again, I, 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 you know, typically, just Baptist, good, good Baptist people, they, I mean, they don't want to get over on that whole wild stuff. You know what I'm saying? And again, I'm not being critical. I'm not, you know, please understand me. But he's a Baptist pastor. And he just had some pictures or some videos on Facebook. And you know what he's doing? He's down in Mexico. And there's this woman that has this huge tumor on the side of her neck. And he's praying for her. He says, in the name of Jesus, I curse that in Jesus' name. Not being weird, he's just praying for her. And all of a sudden, I hear him start praying in tongues. I'm like, whoa, Baptist boy praying in tongues. Well, come on, man. And he's praying for that girl. Mexico. And right on camera... The tumor starts to shrink. I mean, this is not Hollywood stuff. This is real life. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Being empowered to be a witness. To show the living God. So that people can have a visitation with a real God. So again, why would you want this? Why would you want to have this ability to pray this way? Because it empowers you. I said it empowers you. Why does it empower you to think differently? Because it's totally supernatural. Supernatural, yeah. I never used to talk that way. Say, how did you learn? It was just supernatural. God just did it. Amen. Are you here tonight? Somebody got a got a phone or something? Give me some time. I don't know who got a I don't know what time we got. Seven twenty six. All right, all right. We'll get there. All right. So, concerning this power, we won't get it all tonight. You all right? You doing okay? Okay. So, this power that comes as a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit, not at the salvation experience, but at the Pentecost experience, the Bible says that you're empowered to be a witness. How many of you know that takes practice? It takes practice to trust God. If you saw somebody that had some growth hanging off the side of their face, who would be the first one in line and said, hey, I'll pray for them. Come on, I'll do it. No, we'd probably be like, go ahead. <laughs> you, <laughs> you got it. It's on you, man. Come on. Right? So it takes practice to, to trust God and step out in faith and say, you know what? I'm going to be a witness. You know, when you think about being a Jordan that plays beautifully on the guitar, I know some music. On the piano, I know specific notes. In fact, I used to play saxophone way back when, and I mean, fifth grade, I still know some notes on the saxophone. But just because I know notes 
doesn't mean that I can play music. Why? Because I've not practiced. I don't know how to put it all together. So therefore, as I begin to walk with God, having visitations or just experiences with God as I grow with Him, He begins to lead me and direct me and help me become a witness. But it's necessary or God desires for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. All right. Number two. What, what, what's significant about it? Why would I want this? Number one, it gives me dunamis, supernatural, dynamic, explosive power that Jesus had. It, he gives it to me. Number two, we see in Acts chapter 2 that once they were filled, it says that they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. So upon being filled with the Holy Spirit or when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it changes your conversation. It changes the way that you talk. Did you know that when you got born again, faith came in your heart and God changed your talk? You said, I believe. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. Whenever the Spirit of God begins to move, He touches your mouth. So therefore, your conversation, your words, your talk, your voice begins to change. It's a supernatural communication that I have with God. I said it's a supernatural. In other words, there's the natural way to communicate with God, but God says I'm going to slap some super on that natural. So in other words, I can just expect it to be natural. It's just super. It's just a super way to communicate to God. But for the believer, it's extremely natural. Are you tracking with me? All right, when I pray in that spirit language, I bypass my mind or my brain. I was just talking with somebody yesterday and we were talking about some certain situations and, and what they said to me, they said, you know, the only thing that I can do is pray in the spirit and pray the Ephesian prayers. Because if I pray anything else, then I start praying selfish. I start praying from what I want. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? How many of you wives ever prayed that way for your husbands? Get them, God. <laughs> Whip them into shape, right? Oh, wrong crowd. All right, okay, all right. So it bypasses your mind. It bypasses your brain. And it connects you right to your spirit man or to your heart. Therefore, your heart or your spirit is communicating directly to God. Now, do you recall or remember Jesus said that this peace... This visitation, this encounter has been hidden from you? Well, the Bible says this concerning the Holy Spirit. It says, number one, in Romans, 8, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says that when you are or in your weakness, when you don't know what you ought to pray, you can pray in the Spirit or in your spirit language. In your weakness. How many of you have ever been weak and thinking, God, I just don't know what to pray. I can't articulate words. I'm so overcome. I can switch gears, bypass my brain, tap into my spirit, and begin to pray when I don't know what I ought to pray. At least I know how to pray, and I can pray in the spirit 
And the Bible says that I begin to pray out mysteries. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue prays not unto men, but unto God. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Come on, there's things that you don't know what to pray about. How many of you have ever looked at your children and think, God, I feel helpless. I feel hopeless and I don't know how to help them, God. I can pray in the Spirit. And I know that God is praying out mysteries for them. Because He's given me this ability to bypass my brain. Tap into my heart. And pray with the help of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? If we pray from our intellect, oftentimes the natural man gets in the way. Right? Your intellect only can go so far. But your spirit is a whole lot smarter than your brain is. Because your spirit has a direct communication line to the Holy Spirit. And then the Bible says this over in John chapter 14 and in John chapter 15. It says that the Holy Spirit... He is your helper. He's your counselor. He's your standby. It says that he will guide you into all truth and show you things to come. So in other words, when I lean onto the help of the Holy Spirit, praying in other tongues, the Bible tells me that God begins to tap into my heart wisdom from heaven, showing me things to come. Giving me direction. Helping me find a way out. Why? Because I've got supernatural help from heaven that knows all things. And if you've ever read the book of Proverbs, it says that wisdom is standing and waiting. Man, the Holy Spirit is just waiting to download into you. He's just waiting to help you. Amen? He's wanting just to pour out into your life. But so many times we're like, no, God, I got it. I'm good. Last Sunday was real good. We had a good worship service. Message wasn't bad. I'm good, God. That's all. Amen. God wants, God wants us to be able to pray exactly what's needed to be prayed. And then this is the last. Well, I'll give you the last two things real quick. And we'll pick up here next week. All right? In Jude chapter 20, or Jude rather, verse 20, it says, Praying or building up your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit. So, that means that when I just purpose to pray in my spirit language, my faith is this supercharged, built up, simply because I'm purposing to pray. And this is once again where people don't understand the value of praying in the Spirit. Because you can pray in the Spirit in your car. You can pray in the Spirit in the shower. You can pray in the Spirit when you're at work. And all the while, your faith and your spirit is being supercharged. But yet we think, well, I don't understand what I'm praying. So what's it doing? How many of you got a cell phone? All of us, I would say so. How many of you plug it into the charger at night and sit there and think, I wonder if anything's happening. I hope it's charging. Is it working? You don't sit there and fret over your phone being charged. You plug it in and you know that it's being recharged. 
The same thing is happening when you just simply begin to pray in other tongues. As I'm praying in my car, I'm watching the traffic. My brain is engaged out here, but my spirit's praying. What's happening? Just getting charged up. Just getting, and then it says this, building up your most holy faith. You've got faith on the inside of you. You've got faith inside of you that you don't know that you have. But isn't it interesting that you'll find out that after your phone's been charged the next day, all of a sudden you realize, man, my apps have all been updated. In fact, I had a software awareness that says I had a software update. In fact, I look at it and it updated it. Would I have to install it again for it to be updated? No, it's already in there. And God says, you've got faith on the inside of you. Every time you come to church, every time you hear the word, faith begins to grow on the inside of you. And when you begin to pray in the Spirit, God begins to download and reinstall and put new applications and new software in you because you've already got it in there. He just begins to make it better. And you find, man, I feel like I'm on top of the world. Why? It's because you've been stirring yourself up and praying. And so again, we think, oh man, i got to get so serious and get in my prayer closet and really go after it in prayer. I can be anywhere and be praying in the Spirit and I don't even have to move my mouth. In fact, I was doing that one time. I was, I was in the store somewhere. I think we were in Walmart. We were walking down the aisle and I was praying in the Spirit, but I was moving my mouth. It wasn't out loud, but I was just moving my mouth. I was doing that, you know. My wife, she looks at me, she goes, stop doing that. You look like a weirdo. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I only say that simply to say, well, I can still pray in the spirit, but I don't have to move my mouth. And I don't have to look like a weirdo, right? But I'm still trusting that downloads are happening. Faith is being built up. My spirit man is being in char- charged up, right? Building up. And the Greek word is that word generator. There's a regeneration that's taking place. On the inside. But so many people don't know what's available. And the last thing is this. Once again concerning the Holy Spirit. He says. He's the helper. He'll guide you into truth. He'll show you things to come. How many of you know that if he's going to begin to do that. I've got to begin to be able to be aware of his voice. So praying And having the ability to pray in that prayer language causes my spiritual antennas to be tuned up. And therefore, I'm beginning to get tuned in to the voice of God. Now, all of us, we don't have these kind of radios nowadays. But do you remember? Maybe some of you don't. Some of you younger ones. But do you remember back in the day where you had a little knob to turn on the radio? And as you're getting closer to this station, then you start to hear the, the music. And it might be a little still distorted, kind of in and out, broken up, some static along the way. But all of a sudden, you hit it. You hit the right frequency. And there is beautiful music, clear as a bell, because you tuned it in. As we begin to pray and make that a practice and tap into the presence of God, we begin to have those visitations from God where God begins to talk to us. God, I know exactly what to do, how to do it. I know how to be a better husband, a better father. I know how to be a better pastor. God, I just know what to do because I'm tuned in. And God 
You said the voice of a stranger I won't follow because I know your voice. You know his voice. But if we don't learn to tune it in, there's a lot of distracting voices that we say, man, was that God? Was that not? And sometimes we start going down the wrong road and find like, whoo, no, that wasn't God. <laughs> you ever been there? All too many times that I don't want to admit. It's like, man, that wasn't God, but I thought it was. So there's benefits to being filled with the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit, being able to pray. Amen? So we're going to continue this next week. And what we're going to, what we're going to do, we've been saying this for some time, the last Wednesday of the month is going to be the time that we come together and we just pray together. The majority of our time together will purpose to pray. Now, we're going to begin to grow and develop and learn along the way. But we're going to begin to pray as a church because a church that doesn't pray together, they don't know how to play together. The church that don't pray together, there's no power, there's no life change. So we're going to begin to see God move. Amen? Did you get something out of tonight? Yeah. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that, Lord, we have ears to hear and hearts to receive. And therefore, if we've just been challenged tonight, Lord, just open the eyes of our understanding. Reveal the scriptures to us. And God, more than anything, just help us to become more hungry for you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life